0: Classy broad is only something that people use to describe me with ironically. Welcome to Pomegranates and Pitchforks. We are a true crime and horror podcast that brings true stories and not-so-true stories together in beautiful and disturbing harmony. I'm Alexandria young Ray with my lovely co-host, Sunshine Bellon. Hi, everyone. woo Woo! That was smooth as fuck. Oh, yeah. Hey. Is that
1: that Wyoming beer? Mm Mm-hmm. You interstate trafficker.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, let's do a real quick recap for all the folks that are listening along in a non-bingerly fas- fashion.
1: <laughs> non-bingerly fashion.
0: Non-bingerly fashion. Um, and, you know, start from the beginning. We have Dean Coral, who's a bit of a bastard.
1: A <laughs> bit of a bastard.
0: <laughs> he has a fairly normal childhood. He's just kind of awkward and, and solo running, although he does have an affinity for flying squirrels mm. in a weird way. Yeah,
1: not the, not the good kind, like, oh, my kid loves animals. I know.
0: Oh, and also his mom is a real big fan of getting married and then not being married and then getting married to the same guy sometimes. Multiple times, right? Yep, twice. Yeah. Uh, first husband and final husband. She married twice.
1: Oh, she married both those husbands twice.
0: Yes. Wow. So it was it was Dean Coral's dad. Dean Coral's dad. Then it was the salesman guy. Mm-hmm. Then it was the sailor, twice. Oh
1: yes, the sailor.
0: Yep. And Dean Coral's mom started a candy company while Dean was still in high school. Right. That basically became his life. Now, the candy company technically ended or went out of business before Dean's first known murder, but it's still totally important to the story because he did groom his future victims while being the candy man.
1: Right, and known murder is kind of. Eh.
0: Yep, big air quotes for for first known murder because. <sighs>
1: all of the evidence sort of indicates that he had time to like figure out his technique and kind of perfect it by the first
0: known murder. mm -hmm. The first known murder was like, he was able to pick up this boy. He was able to cover up his crime. He was able to bury him at the same location where he buried future victims. And the body was covered in lie. Lime, different things. All of these things. And then also, you know, we talked about the uh, accomplices that he had Mm
2: -hmm.
0: last time. And the Mm -hmm. second and third confirmed murders are the ones that David Brooks walked in on, which got him into accomplicing. Right. He was able to kidnap two boys, restrain them and murder them and dispose of their bodies. Like, that is not first kill. No, not at all, huh? plus late night digging
1: yeah night digging is like a notoriously shady endeavor
0: yeah you don't night dig to bury your fucking candy company food
1: or for any reason like (laughs) anybody who acts like there's a rational reason to dig at night is lying
0: so yeah that's dean coral murdered some folks and then he got his accomplices and they helped him murder some folks
1: and his accomplices were also, like, totally...
0: The right age. What do you and, want to call it?
1: Groomed, conditioned, yeah. like, mm-hmm. could have easily been his victim, but instead were his accomplices.
0: Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we left off right after Dean had... Uh, basically betrayed David Brooks. And so their whole steeze is starting to fall apart. Basically
1: betrayed.
0: Basically betrayed. Yeah. Cuz like he he was abusing David before. Yeah. But in a different he, way. Yeah. So So that's kind of that's where we did our thing. And now More we're gonna, to come. Yeah, start getting to basically the second half of the murders. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Double <sighs> murders. Double murders. So, we left off in, like, spring-ish 1972. Mm-hmm. So, now it's July 19th, 1972. And we have Steven Sickman, who's 17. hmm So, on July 19th, Stephen Sickman had spent the day fighting with his sister. Mm-hmm. 14-year-old Sandy. It was teenage boy, 17-year-old boy, 14-year-old sister. You know, that kind of fighting. Yeah. But he left the house to go to a party with some friends, but before he left, he actually apologized to her.
1: Oh, sweet boy.
0: That really stuck out for her because he had never actually apologized before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so he was like, hey, I'll take you to an amusement park or some shit. Sorry for being a jackass. Oh. And he was last seen around midnight walking home by himself. And Stephen was picked up by Dean and his accomplices and was strangled to death and buried in the boat shed. I don't like that. I don't think you should. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, obviously, <laughs> obvious.
1: mm,
0: Murder <laughs> is bad. Murder <laughs> is like. bad. I know. What I don't remember if it was the first episode or the second episode where, like, every single time I told a new story, I was like, this one's awful. And then I was like, you know what? They're all awful. I just keep remembering how awful they are.
1: Right. Every time it comes up, you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely bad. I don't yep. like that. Definitely still don't like that.
0: Yeah, I sure bit off more than I... More than I expected when I picked a murderer with a million fucking victims. Whoops! <laughs> Whoops! Won't do that again. My bad. Be- no, I definitely will. <laughs> I, know, I know you will. It me. So Stephen was murdered, and after he didn't return home, his parents informed the police. As you know, as it happens in mm-hmm. these stories, and they continued to do nothing because, of course, shitty cops. Tm. Shitty cops, TM. They thought Stephen was just another runaway, and it got to the point where the family would call the police, and the Houston Police Department would just hang up on them.
1: I just, I can't is, believe that's something that cops can even do.
0: I know. I mean, I don't think they so actually fucked.
1: can, but like, like I guess they can. Like, that's so scary to think that, that you can call the police and they can just hang up on you, or that that would have like happened. Like, that's so unacceptable.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard to know with this story because it's like, you know, the overworked, underpaid, understaffed cops. It's like, I, I hope that this isn't a status quo way for police to be allowed to treat people. Yeah. But, oh, oh, you know, yeah. So. So yeah, that's that's fucking tragic as shit, and then oh god what is it like a month or two later August 21st we're not 100% sure when he went missing but Mm -hmm. around August 21st Roy Bunton who is 19 Mm -hmm. he uh, was last seen walking to work at a shoe store at a local mall and it's not 100% sure how he was picked up but he was shot and buried in the boat shed
1: (sighs) did he make he didn't so they didn't make it to work then
0: i don't think he did yeah mm-hmm. they got him on his way to work and he's not the only one that they got on his way to work i think one of the first ones huh so like randall harvey i believe was that's picked interesting up. you think it'd, well i think basically they offered him a ride to work and then took him back to dean's oh, place
1: right i was about to say you think it'd be easier to coerce somebody into coming with you like after work so if they're on their way to work they might more you know be more likely yeah. like no nah, i gotta go like
0: Well, it was like a, hey, let's give you a ride. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how they got the boys before work. And then after work, it was like a, hey, come party with us. Right. You know? Yeah. So. These Mm -hmm. stories suck. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they do.
1: Undeniably so.
0: Undeniably, these stories suck. So October 2nd is another double murder. Wally J. Simino mm-hmm. and Richard Hembry. So Wally is 14. Richard is 13. So I think I recall going through the pictures of the victims and, and yeah. pointing those two out as really young looking. Yeah. Because they fucking were just absolute babies.
1: As we go through the victims, I tend to scroll back up to that, like, big, like, collage yeah, like, your book kind of page Keep looking all mm-hmm. of them. And uh, I have, like... I look at it when we talk about somebody and then I like have to scroll away. I'm like, no, no, I can't just keep looking at that while we like. So I'm constantly scrolling back and forth uh, on the outline, just like looking Mm -hmm. at the picture and then being like, okay, I can't look at it anymore.
0: Yeah. (sighs) So, yeah, these are some babies. So uh, the story sucks. They all suck. Every single story sucks. We have established this. So (laughs) Wally went over to his friend Richard's house for Mm -hmm. a sleepover. As teenage boys do. Yeah. And they were picked up in David's Green Corvette while they were out, you know, loitering in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Because this was BFE Houston Heights, Texas. So there was, like, a couple of chicken restaurants and the local swimming pool.
1: Just a step above where I live and there's kids all over in the street all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they were just sort of hanging out. And if you recall, the Green Corvette was given to David... After that first murder he walked in on as Mm -hmm. his silence present. Yep. So they were last seen in front of a grocery store by a couple of friends. But when the friends approached their car, another unidentified boy yelled at them to beat it. Which was most likely Wayne. Just
1: actively kidnapping children.
0: Yep. Actively kidnapping children. Again, this story sucks. Everybody knows this. So later that night, Wally was able to call his mom, but he only got out the word mama before the phone disconnected. Hmm. I hate that.
1: Yeah, that's like, I just, uh, imagining hearing that, like being on the other end of that phone call. Like, even if that, God, even if that happened to me as somebody who doesn't even have children, that would be so traumatizing if I was identifying that, like, oh, some kid just died.
0: Well, I doubt. That or the
1: or right. is it gonna die? But like.
0: But like, I mean, basically, it's like Mama, and then the phone mm. disconnects. You don't know that it means murder. But I mean, oh, then no. when a year or two later, when they find your kid. Oh yeah. Oh God, that's the worst. Like last memory.
1: Yeah. Can, can to know that we like. Just oh.
0: Throw that away and fuck that, Stan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. good euphemism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so the boys were both strangled and buried in the bow shed. <sighs> now, it's November fifteenth, so about a month and a half later, and we get to Richard Kepner, who's nineteen, and Richard was actually making his way to a payphone to call his fiance when he went missing. Mm-hmm. And he was strangled and buried at High Island Beach. (sighs) (laughs) So, short break for other stuff. Wayne actually claims that he started enjoying killing at this point.
1: He wasn't enjoying it before? That's a lot of murders to be involved in and not be enjoying it.
0: He had some quote at one point where he was like, you either go crazy or you learn to like what you're doing.
1: In in his case, I think those
0: two are the same thing. I know, right? How do you not go crazy and also be a murderer? Yeah, you can't learn to like
1: it, like aiding and abetting in the murder and torture of young boys. Literally, you cannot learn to like that without going crazy. Yeah. Like, you are crazy if you are able to learn to like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of valid. <sighs> Sorry. But, you know, that said, he was also drinking more. Mm. So it's kind of like... He was clearly, like, experiencing cognitive dissonance.
1: Right, and substance like substance abuse does enable more, like, disassociation. Mm-hmm. So not only could it be a reason to want to drink, like, the, the murder and torture and everything, but totally, like, if you just started being drunk all the time, it would make it easier to do it.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was basically always drunk when he killed his victims. Really? Yeah. He wanted them for like their bodies, Mm -hmm. but he kind of hated the killing part.
1: (laughs) So he got wasted intentionally to cope with the killing
0: part. Yeah. I think Ted Bundy did too. It's not uncommon for serial killers to basically get super shit faced to enable them to do the horrible things that they do.
1: I guess I can see using some, like again, like a substance to like help cope with that or make that happen. But to me, just the idea of being, like, drunk, like, based on how I am if I'm shit faced, and how I've seen, like, like, men and, when they're shitfaced. Like, I just can't – to imagine somebody to be, like, an adept – like, I can see somebody rage-murdering somebody, like, hammered, right? Yeah, but that's to be, what they
0: usually were doing.
1: I guess I just imagine serial – I always imagine serial killers, no matter how many times we talk about them, I always imagine them being more meticulous and neat and tidy as far as that's why they're not getting caught. I don't imagine them being able to go completely berserker or not be in complete control mentally and physically right. to do something like that seems nuts to me. Like, not only can I not imagine, like, doing those things, but also to imagine doing those things when you don't have complete control.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, with Ted Bundy, he was pretty berserker by the time he was, like, getting shitfaced to do his murders. Right. But also he was, like, murdering people in, like, the middle of the woods. You know, where yeah. you would have, like, a rage murder and not get caught. Right. And Jeffrey Dahmer was getting shitfaced and rage murdering, or even just, like, meticulously murdering, but shitfaced.
1: Right. That's what apartment. seems weird to me, is meticulously murdering, but shitfaced.
0: It was it was in his own apartment. So that's why he wasn't getting caught. Because, basically, he already had them, like, handcuffed to the couch or whatever and had mm-hmm. drugged them. And then he'd get shitfaced and... Do his thing.
2: Wow. Okay. So
0: so yeah, Wayne Wayne Henley is getting shit faced, and I think it was mostly coping. I don't, I right. don't know that he wasn't getting shit faced to do the murders. What? Well, yeah. But I think he was just always being shit faced.
1: Right. That makes sense. That's what I kind of yeah. my, like it's a it's a cycle for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And he claimed that he hoped Dean would kill him because he didn't see any other way out. Mm. Which is kind of valid.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, go to the cops,
0: Jesus Christ. But also, like, I can see how he's like, I'm in this too deep, just kill me.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, a rational person or, you know, anybody with hindsight looks at that and goes, oh, yeah, go to the cops, go to the cops. Multiple times. At multiple points, you should have gone to the cops.
0: Maybe stop killing boys. Yeah. but if you've stopped killing boys?
1: (laughs) Once again, if you're crazy enough to be, you know, helping a creepy rapey old man or older man murder multiple teenage boys then you're obviously you know your thought process is a little bit skewed
0: yeah and you kind of maybe think like i mean this is definitely an extreme case yeah but this is definitely like a groomed abuse so right. it's a little bit frog and boiling water you know yeah because because dean really got his way into wayne's family Like, he got his way – like, he attended Easter dinner with Wayne, and he helped the family with their money issues. And so I think that if Wayne had just walked in on him murdering boys when he first met Dean, it would be a lot easier to be like, yeah, just go to the cops.
1: Right. Right. That's. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at is, like, so groomed and so, like, Mm -hmm. mentally there's so much going on with you by the time you're in that position that, like – Yeah. You can also understand why maybe he wouldn't have done anything about it and felt like him dying was the only way out.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. That's fucked up as hell. Yeah,
1: well, I think that's like, again, it's like, that's a surefire sounds like, oh, if you're being that crazy and that irrational, that's a pretty good sign of emotional abuse.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, when you start thinking in like, oh, my only way out is completely ridiculous scenario. It's yeah, like, mm, there's something wrong. Yeah, like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. So also in the spring of 1973, Coral started getting noise and smell complaints. Mm. So this is some yum. It's not yum. Oh. So people heard noises that sounded like someone pounding their head on the wall and screaming. Then they heard someone say, stop him. Uh, and, And what did they do? They didn't do anything. This never actually became any kind of com- official complaint. Basically, the tenants that lived around him all thought that it was, like, somebody having a bad trip. Mm. And his buddies were trying to, like, help him. Which upsets me so much. Yeah. Oh,
1: man. It's just
0: shitty, you know? That's so shitty. It's just shitty. So... So they... That never became an official complaint. But a complaint that did actually manage to spook... Coral was from the apartment maid cause she refused to clean Coral's apartment until the foul smell aired out you which is disgusting and upsetting and upsetting so within days of the smell complaint, Coral actually moved to a new apartment, and at this new apartment, he actually only killed one known victim
1: known victim
0: known victim i feel like
1: i don't like that phrase in relation to this story because i i can't take it seriously even
0: (laughs) well basically it means we've confirmed that this is a victim but there could definitely be more
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and we will get there in about 10 more murders Uh, So, it's February 1st, 1973, Mm -hmm. and we have Joseph Lyles, who's 17. Now, Joseph lived on the same street as David, and had definitely been to the last apartment for Dean's parties, Mm -hmm. because if you recall, Dean actually did have some parties that were just inappropriate parties with an old man where nobody died. Right. Just (laughs) creepy, not deadly. Just creepy, not deadly. And david and dean picked up joseph without wayne hmm. and recall this is after david had been you know betrayed by dean yeah and so back at dean's apartment david started getting uncomfortable and he wanted to leave so he uncomfortable tried to meaning a f-
1: like he was maybe scared that he that something was like yeah, he, he was in had, danger like, a bad
0: feeling mm-hmm. maybe i'm not 100 percent sure it was just one of those like Maybe I shouldn't do this, you know? Yeah. And so he tried to pick a fight with Joseph so that Joseph would want to leave, but it didn't work. So David just left Dean's apartment, leaving Dean to kill Joseph by himself.
1: Which is definitely what happened, huh?
0: Yeah. So Dean strangled Joseph alone and buried his body at Jefferson County Beach, which is like it's along the same coastline as High Island yeah. it's just up a few miles okay and we'll get into that later but okay it's basically High Island beach it's just not exactly where the other bodies were found okay so another short break i love these breaks yeah they're not a lot they're better. not really breaks i don't know why you call them that uh they're a period where nobody gets murdered okay officially
1: officially <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> so david and wayne are kind of starting to pull away at this point
1: mm-hmm.
0: so wayne actually moved away for a few months to live with his father
1: and wasn't his dad which, like kind his of dad a was the
0: abusive one
1: yeah
0: so david's dad was like kind of shitty he was mm-hmm. just sort of mean to him and teased him whereas wayne actually like abused him and the whole family like physically what a dick bag yeah, not a great guy. That's how
1: you end up with kids who get wrapped up in murder
0: scandals. So yeah, he, he moved away to live with his dad, and he even attempted to enlist in the Navy. How old was he? 17? Yeah.
1: You can't enlist in the Navy at 17, can you? Maybe I mean, you, you could, could
0: in the 70s. I don't know if it was legal, but I've definitely heard a lot of stories. Oh yeah, so so he attempted to enlist in the Navy, but he was rejected for never having completed high school. And David began spending more time with his girlfriend. She'd gotten pregnant, mm. so they got married and moved into their own apartment. And this is kind of gross and fucked up, but they did honeymoon at the Lake Sam Rayburn Coral Family Cabin. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Ugh.
1: Yeah, no, no good. Like, Could you imagine being I that wonder life? how she. Yeah, so I was just thinking, like, how she felt after that. Like, knowing all the information and putting all the dots together and being like, Oh, like, Ooh.
0: I did hear that his daughter visited him in prison.
1: The fuck? Why?
0: Cause he was her dad. Yeah. People visit their parents in prison.
1: That's just so crazy to me. Like my dad lives in Colorado and I, have, yeah, but you don't have
0: a relationship with your dad.
1: I don't either. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like, how would he have, she have a relationship with her dad? If he's been in prison
0: well, that long. Like, that's what I mean. I like, mean, I think that the mom cared enough about the dad that's to so crazy. have her in his life. Now, this is just another sad thing to make this story also sad. Mm-hmm. But she visited him in prison until she died on her prom night in a car accident. Which is just kind of a bummer. But, yeah, David still hung out with Dean, but, like, much less. Because he was being with his wife. Still had
1: weird, complicated bonds with him.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was was fucked. It was pretty fucked. Sounds pretty fucked. It's definitely pretty fucked. So, yeah. So, Dean's murder spree takes a short hiatus around this time without his accomplices. That said, it might have just been that they weren't there to, like babysit him and so they didn't know if he was murdering yeah but he did have a medical issue that led to a swelling in his testicle gross. during this time so he might Balls have not gross. been murdering because he might have it might have been literally painful for him to rape mm. so
1: right and those two definitely went hand in hand in every scenario
0: yeah they really did like i appreciate that you
1: um you know, when you're going over the victims that we don't need to go over, like what what specifically happened to each of them. But I do also think it's important, you know, on the first go around, I don't think we really talked about specifically or acknowledged that like, man, that shit did happen to all of them. Like every once in a while, a little reminder of that is like,
0: Mm -hmm. and and that's why I talked about the torture the way I did. Yeah. is because like, I don't need to tell you which boys were castrated.
1: Right. And I don't need to know You just need
0: to know that some of them were castrated.
1: Right, yeah, we, and that was the first episode, right? Where you went over all of that mm-hmm. and like the, I guess is just what I'm saying is that like, that was still the I don't know. I just I think of that but whenever yeah, every, every single victim we talk about. I'm like, because I that's
0: what this was about. Yeah,
1: yeah, I appreciate that's that you skip to this. We got into so
0: much detail is because I, I needed you to know what horror these kids went through. Yeah, you know, because I don't want to be exploitative, but I'm not going to just not tell you what happened.
1: Right yeah no it's a good it's a good balance it's just like damn like they're not just being shot like when we go over it, i just keep on like or not being shot or just being strangled like
0: yeah i mean that's the reason that i've just sort of limited it to how they died yeah oh yeah testicle swelling oh yeah yes great boys were raped yes Mm. that was a thing that happened
1: yeah i didn't make my point very succinctly i guess all i meant is that like I don't know. I wanted to give a reminder that they were, weren't just murdered. Cause yeah, I think that bears no. repeating because you've been, mm-hmm. because you have been so tactful. I think <laughs> that, uh, you know, uh, that bears reiterating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a really hard time trying to figure out how I should balance this story because I, I did want people to know what horror the boys went through. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to assign that. To the person. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's a really hard balance to strike, and it's a balance that I never thought about until I became a true crime podcaster.
1: Yep. <laughs> you know? The unique problems of the uh, true crime world.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I I do think it's important to, to remember the horror that they went through. And so, yeah, that's the reason I went over the torture in the first episode. Yeah. But... Yeah, there is a possibility that he actually did take a hiatus from murder because of his uncomfortable ball sack. Gross. Not a good man. (laughs) Dean's in that apartment for just that one murder that we know of. Mm -hmm. And then he moves into his final murder home in Pasadena, Texas, which is it's still basically Houston. It's just on the other side from the Heights. So there's like Houston proper and then like. A little bit like And then
1: is the Heights like the slum area? And then Pasadena yes. proper is like the suburbs or what?
0: Um, so so it is a extremely poor neighborhood is the Heights. So the Heights actually started it was called the Heights because it its elevation was like two hundred as opposed to zero. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It was like barely elevated. But it was like back in the like ye old founding and mm-hmm. so they went up to get away from, like, the disease. Right, okay. So that's why it was called the Heights. But by this point, it became, like, full-on, like, the poor neighborhood. And it's actually kind of wealthy again. It's Mm -hmm. being, like, gentrified, which is very strange, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) But I think Pasadena was just another suburb. Mm -hmm. I don't know how poor it was, but he was still mostly getting his victims from the Heights.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But he moves into Pasadena, Texas, which is basically across, it was like Kitty Corner, Houston, to the Heights. Mm -hmm. So the Heights is just a little bit northwest, and Pasadena is just a little bit southeast. Okay. It's a lot closer to High Island Beach as well. So so yeah, he moves into a house in Pasadena, Texas that actually belonged to Dean's father. Because he had like a decent relationship with his dad at this point
2: yeah
0: and wayne moved back from living with his father and back in with his mom Mm -hmm. and he had some bullshit like oh well i had to come back because dean was always interested in my brothers a little too much but also like he tried to join the navy if he could have gotten away he would have right you know well that's what i was
1: wondering like if his dad was abusive like he must have moved away to live with him to get away from dean
0: I think so. Honestly, I think that he was trying to get away from Dean. I think they were both trying to get away from Dean. But, you know, just a little bit of this and that, they just couldn't. Well, they could have. You can always stop murdering boys. Right,
1: right. Objectively, they could have, but in their heads, they obviously couldn't.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So, according to Wayne and David, during their time apart, Dean became, like, more savage in his, like, need to kill and his killing methods. Right. So
1: once again, the record reflects that there's not any known victims for that time, but that's probably just because the boys don't know about it, so they didn't tell anybody? It's
0: possible. It's possible that he was ramping. It's possible that because of the testicular swelling, I am completely pulling this out of my ass. You're pontificating? Yes. So, So you know how sometimes there's this whole, like, oh, I'm... Not sterile, impotent. Uh huh. Impotent and so rage? I'm More angry. Yeah. And so I. His balls so I hurt kill so can't more aggressively. You know. So gets, yeah. Okay. I can see that. I think that that's a possibility. That that's what's happened.
1: I mean, you know? I think that's a valid, you know, assumption.
0: Valid but like he couldn't rape boys the way he was used to, and so Ugh, he gets more so shitty gross. about his murdering. That's so know? gross. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's not great. So, Wayne said that Dean would start smoking, which was, like, kind of strange because Dean didn't smoke.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he would make these jerky movements and say that he needed to do a new boy. Ew. It's Getting all, yuck. like, fixy about it. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking junkie. Like a murder junkie. I wonder... I know that you could... it is addictive.
1: Right. That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, on a brain chemistry level, like, you mm-hmm. probably might be experiencing... Some of the same like physiological responses to a drug withdrawal, because yeah. your brain does—I'm do- sure—it dumps like adrenaline, dopamine, and all sorts of shit when you mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. So,
0: well, and you can become addicted to literally anything,
1: right? But well, there's there's chemical and there's psychological addiction, right? So I was just kind of mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, on a chemical level, that could also probably become something that you would literally have withdrawals from.
0: Probably brain chemistry probably is dope. Strong and shit. Excedrin. Exed- such a dumb shit. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> epinephrine yeah uh, yeah um probably yeah because i imagine that it's a big rush to murder right oh as, like, yeah doing Anything. crime is a big rush yeah yeah people that, that get addicted to extreme sports
1: well and there's you also know? a connection uh i was reading i forget what book i was reading but there's a connection between like trauma and dependency on things like cocaine because it creates such a strong dump of those adrenaline like chemicals in your brain when you experience something truly traumatic that it basically gives you, it, it establishes the neural pathway for that kind of chemical transfer, which then your brain seeks out again and again. Which, if you find in the form of speed after that, you like develop a dependency for it as soon as you start. Yeah. It's like. Crazy.
0: Well, we don't really know about trauma that Dean experienced, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if he did have something like that in his history. Yeah.
1: Just I guess trauma's effect on the brain is very interesting.
0: Yes, that is true. Yeah. And like,
1: on physiological sometimes there's level. like
0: drugs yeah. that do some pretty crazy physiological things, but sometimes it really is just experiences that cause weird physiological.
1: Right. Well, because that's literally your brain communicate. Like we experience reality. Through Mm -hmm. chemical fluctuations in our brain. Mm -hmm. So literally anything could create a chemical imbalance in your brain and create like a dependency. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, and drugs are just emulating the natural experience right. that you have anyway. We, like dropping dopamine, you experience dopamine right. when you jump off of a high diving We floor. only
1: experience effects from drugs that we already have neuroreceptors yeah, that they'll fit in.
0: Exactly. No, drugs yeah. do not create new neurons and new neurotransmitters. Like, it's all already there. Yeah.
1: Although new experience, so, every new experience creates a new neuro pathway, and then traumatic experiences, that neuro pathway is solidified more rapidly than like, you know, something like learning to ride a bike. You have to practice lots. Mm-hmm. One traumatic experience will make a very well established neuro pathway instantly. I wonder
0: if that's just because it's like more powerful. Yeah, an Experience.
1: It's exactly it. Yeah. It's like the intensity, so it like burns it into your brain, and then. Have road will travel. it Once your brain has a neural pathway, it <laughs> yeah. wants to use it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that' a thing. And also, you develop more like dendrites mm-hmm. to accept the yeah. neurotransmitters, and so you crave it more because right. your brain is physiologically changed.
1: Yeah, to receive that. Yep. So nuts.
0: So that's the unexpected science portion of this episode. <laughs> I hope that like nobody who actually knows what they're talking about listens. Because
1: I'm sure we fucked up what we were- Hey,
0: I have a psych degree. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a five or six-year-old psych degree, and it's just a bachelor's. But I did learn about this shit. I did learn about this shit. I'm not an expert, but I'm not fully pulling it out of my ass.
1: (laughs) I have a lot of practical application experience with these concepts. Yeah. But not a lot of technical understanding of them. But I try.
0: Yeah. I think, basically, our warning to listeners is like- if you're going to use this for anything important, please don't. But you can kind of take us seriously.
1: Well, know that we're genuinely... We do our research. Yeah, we're genuinely trying our best to use our brains and give you the best information we have, but, like, yeah. uh, we might be wrong sometimes.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're not gonna always be right. We're just a fucking, like, indie podcast.
1: Yeah, cut <laughs> us some slack, man.
0: Give us give us a break. <laughs> we're not, like, murdering boys. Jesus, chill. <laughs> Uh, <sighs> all right, we're almost done with the aside, and then we get back to more boy murders. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, Dean's, Dean's getting a little angsty at this point, and he starts talking about moving to Colorado, which is where his mom is. And he asked his girlfriend if she wanted to come with him, and she was all excited about it, and then he's like, eh, actually, no. Actually, no,
1: not gonna do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Probably. and I think basically... He was just sort of, I think all of them, like Dean, David, and Wayne, mm-hmm. were all kind of like, this is unstable. I should not do this.
1: Right. They were all kind of thinking that they should get out of it,
0: but maybe not mm-hmm. really, yeah. to varying degrees, is, not really sure what
1: the best way out was. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think Wayne and David legitimately wanted to stop murdering boys. I think Dean could just sort of tell that like his little trio was dissolving, was not stable. Yeah. yeah. And folks at work even noticed that he was being antsy. After the candy company closed, what did he do? He became an electrician.
1: Electrician. Okay, I don't know if I caught that before.
0: I don't know if I mentioned it. It wasn't a big deal. No, it's not. It doesn't really matter. I
1: just realized I didn't know.
0: Yeah, he became an electrician. So he was working as an electrician. Okay. He was fixing cable boxes or some bullshit. Right. Again, not a big deal. Yeah. So then we get to... His next murder. Mm. It's 1973, June 4th, and we have William Billy Ray Lawrence, Mm -hmm. who's 15. So, Billy was friends with Wayne, and before he disappeared, he called his dad to ask to go fishing with some friends at Lake Sam Rayburn. Mm -hmm. And his dad, Jimmy, thought better than to question who and where, because... They'd been having arguments lately about, like, not respecting privacy, mm-hmm. and so he was trying to be a good dad and didn't inquire much oh. because he was being a good dad. That sucks. It's so sad.
1: Like, picked a bad time to respect your kid's privacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. not like you should have known, but, like, that's an unfortunate time to be like, you no, know what? It's
0: just unfortunate timing. I'll, yeah. I'll let them. They, they got this. I'll
1: let them figure this out.
0: Yeah. And to make it even grosser, Billy was kept alive for three days because uh. Dean really liked him. Oh. So yeah. how how long, on average, like,
1: were, that was something I was wondering, actually, is, like, were the others I think kept think They alive.
0: were usually kept alive for a few hours. Well, that's,
1: you know, again, based on the varying methods of torture you previously described, I was like, shit, like, that could be something that would happen over a few hours or over a couple days. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's nice that it's only, well, not only, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, we talked about uh, Mark Scott, who fought back, Mm -hmm. and how he was basically immediately strangled. Yeah. So basically, the more Dean liked you, the more he tortured you. Ugh. Which is real gross. It's
1: so, so gross. It's uh, so, like, just uh, how people's wires can get crossed to, like.
0: Oh, yeah. Dean's wires were all like, up in a bunch.
1: Attraction goes to physical aggression in the most depraved fashion.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So, Billy was strangled and buried at the lake house. And. Jimmy wasn't particularly concerned when he didn't come back after the fishing trip because he knew that this generation was wild and free and he assumed that he'd come back whenever he was ready.
1: Which is a little bit too chill. A little bit too much cool dad. Well,
0: I mean, it was just a few days and then he gets this letter from Billy saying he'd gotten a job offer in Austin and he would be back in time for school to start again. Hmm. And I think Billy knew he was going to die when he wrote this letter Because he finished it with, Daddy, I hope you know I love you.
1: Mm.
0: And I hate that. I don't like that at all. I hate that so much. (sighs) So we have a bunch of murders real close at this point. Where you can kind of tell that, like, Dean is berserker mode. Mm -hmm. So we start with, it's June 15th. We have 1973, June 15th. With Raymond Blackburn, who was 20. And Raymond was actually married and he was hitchhiking back to Baton Rouge, Louisiana Mm -hmm. to see his newborn child, which sucks. Yeah, that's extra yuck. It's extra suck. So he had been in the Heights working as a construction worker for just a three month project. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how he was picked up, but he probably was hitchhiking. Yeah, he probably was picked up hitchhiking. Sorry, I already said hitchhiking. But he was strangled and buried at the lake. Then we have Homer Garcia, who was 15 on July 7th. And Homer met Wayne in driving school. So that's how they knew each other.
1: So and don't... Homer don't hang out with your DMV buddies
0: don't don't be friends with anyone yeah don't be friends with people all teenagers are dangerous yep
1: no friends (laughs)
0: can you imagine anything more terrifying than a marauding pack of teenage boys danger 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 all over that (laughs) i don't trust him so don't trust him (laughs) homer was shot in the head and chest but he didn't die immediately Instead, he was left to bleed to death overnight in the bathtub.
1: Mm, That's unsettling, too.
0: I also hate that. And he, too, was buried at the lake house. Then we have July 12th, John Sellers, who was 17. Now, John Sellers is a weird victim. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He was a U.S. Marine from Orange County. See, also 17.
1: Which is impressive. Marine at 17.
0: Again, I think it's a thing because this is like weird Vietnam War shit.
1: Yeah, well. it must have been. It must have been because I know my grandpa had to get a special. Well, I guess maybe you can still do that. Actually, I think my grandpa had to get a special paper signed to go into the Navy because his birthday was like just barely after the registration deadline or whatever, you know, something like that, where he was mm-hmm. technically 17 when he signed up. So yeah. I guess you can probably do that. I don't do know that. if you can
0: still do that. It grosses me out because 17-year-olds are fucking babies, but whatever. Yeah,
1: they shouldn't be able to make that decision.
0: <laughs> I know. We should not be like, hey, go murder people right. Yeah, well, there's a
1: reason you're supposed to be like 18 to sign forms like that. I don't think to yeah. a point your parents shouldn't well, be able to... Well, also
0: 18 are babies.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, so John was... He was killed with four rifle shots to the chest. And if you recall, the other victims who were shot were shot with a twenty-two pistol.
1: Right. So where does the rifle So it was come a different in?
0: gun. And he was also the only victim to be buried fully clothed. And then later, his his car was found burned out in Louisiana a week later. Hmm. So that's just kind of weird. And Wayne and David have never specifically confessed to John Sellers, but they've also never denied him being a victim. Hmm. So what do you
1: think the most likely scenario is there? Like...
0: I think that he might be a victim of Wayne.
1: And do you think Wayne, like what, like, do you think that. Well, we'll kind of get into that. Okay.
0: So, so he was buried at High Island Beach. So with the other victims Mm -hmm. and I mean, not in the same hole. Right. uh, But in the same area as the other victim. But, but he was, he was in, you know, High Island Beach and he was tied in the same way or with the same cord as other coral victims. Mm -hmm. So like a nylon cord. Yeah. But he wasn't found because of the other coral victims. He was actually found because a trucker led the police to his location. Now, this is around the same time, but he was led by a trucker who had seen a boy who he believed to be Wayne,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, whose car was stuck in the sand, but the boy refused the trucker's help because he said that he had two friends with him who were helping.
1: I don't like that.
0: So, so there's a debate over whether or not John Sellers was a coral victim, right? But I think what's possible is that Wayne murdered John and had Dean and David help him, right? Help him do it. Was kind of becoming his own serial killer as well. Okay, okay, you know, yeah,
1: that's what I was going to well, ask about, sense. like the extent to which he would, like. Have his like be actually seeking him out as like a victim versus being like a self defense thing. Like, I'm getting caught, I might get caught, or this guy suspects something, or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, and I think, like, I think him being buried fully clothed
1: mm-hmm.
0: is kind of indicative. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that kind of makes you think, like, that's not a coral victim, right? Because again, the, the rape and sexual assault thing, you know, yeah, so so that's just like a strange case but you know he was he was found around the same time as the other bodies yeah. in Highland Beach. there it, it's complicated it's complicated. <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> now we have July 19th Michael Balch who's 15 mm. this story sucks because Michael Balch,
1: Sounds familiar. Is the younger
0: brother of Billy Balch, mm. who had been a coral victim a year before. And Michael Balch had actually run away at least once before in search of his older brother. That's and super extra fucked up. His <laughs> oldest brother had been killed in a car accident. So his family was just fucking destroyed by his disappearance because basically their oldest three sons. Just just all poof. gone like Ugh. losing one child is big fucked losing three two of them to a serial killer the
1: same serial killer like what Hi, fuck that yeah
0: <laughs> yeah this whole story is is located in fuck thatistan.
1: god yeah it is
0: and so michael was picked up while on his way to get a haircut and of course the police thought he was just a runaway because he had, he had done it already before. run away once
1: and shitty cops tm
0: and shitty cops tm
1: really this case and... is shitty sheriff tm right because the sheriff wouldn't take yeah this is really
0: this extra really it wouldn't take this fund, federal
1: funding to pay for mm-hmm. to pay his cops appropriately and to have an appropriate number of cops
0: yeah yeah because federal funding is taking a handout. like it's no that's the reason we have taxes go fuck yourself
1: federal funding is socialism <laughs> cops
0: are socialism eat a dick Huh? <laughs> can we like so, have that be a special palm pitch pod sticker
1: cops are socialism eat a dick
0: yes yes that's our i'm gonna have to get a bunch of like quote stickers yeah
1: i think that's i think that's great i think that i would As want Patreon to put exclusives. that i would want to put that on my car but i would be afraid of the outcome here
0: <laughs> cops are socialism or police are socialism eat a dick oh that's good along with the meme that broke the camel's back yep And a few others. I think
1: the meme that broke the camel's back does not lend itself to a bumper sticker quite so well.
0: No, but it could definitely be on a notebook. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be a great notebook sticker. That would be a great notebook sticker. (laughs) So Michael Balch was strangled and buried at Lake Sam Rayburn. Now, here's another weird one it's not as weird Mm -hmm. as the john Sellers story it was definitely clearly part of this story okay but it's it's a little weird it's another double murder so we're july 25th Mm -hmm. so we're still in this like real back-to-back yeah in fact that's not even a week break july 19th to july 25th
1: no that's not that's that's six days
0: yeah so we have charles cobble who's 17 and we have marty ray jones who's 18 now Charles and Mari were last seen walking with Wayne and Charles was a school friend of Wayne but he was married and his wife was pregnant so that sucks it's so
1: weird hearing shit like that like he was married and his wife was pregnant and then seeing yeah. their name with parentheses 17 next to it
0: yeah well I mean it's you know the 70s and we still get that sometimes in yeah. our modern yeah world. I get that it's a
1: thing it's just weird
0: yeah but yeah, no, it is it is kind of crazy to look at, uh, yeah, the seventeen year old who's married and his wife is pregnant. Yeah. But I think usually what it is is that like they accidentally got their girlfriend pregnant and they kind of were like, well, well, gotta get married now. It's the seventies. Yep. <laughs> Time for marriage. And uh, Marty was actually Charles's roommate. Okay. Yeah. So so this is this is kind of where it gets weird. He was last heard from when he called his father in a panic. Mm-hmm. This is Charles. Uh, claiming they'd been kidnapped by drug dealers
1: so why do you think he thought that was he like told to say that that'd be a weird thing to tell somebody to say told to
0: say that that'd be such a weird thing like, like
1: why would you tell him to say that they were kidnapped by drug dealers and not say like oh i'm safe
0: do you remember that time when uh david walked in on dean assaulting two naked 14 year olds and uh dean was like it's okay i'm just a sex trafficker yeah i don't think dean makes the best decisions when it comes to excuses right okay (laughs) so but i do think that they were basically like told to say this the same way that like some of the kids were forced to write letters home right yeah you know I think that's kind of what I think. I mean, think that happened.
1: logic makes sense, but the fact that they were told to say that they were kidnapped is kind of weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it explains why they didn't come home. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's a drug dealer. Right. Just misdirect. To, oh, it's the local pedophile. Right. Just misdirect.
1: So that mm-hmm. way when they find their bodies, they just think drug dealers.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, it makes a lot more sense than it's okay, I'm a sex trafficker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it does of the excuses that one is not the most poor not
1: the most poor
0: (laughs) so so this one again kind of weird wayne is the one who kills both of them wayne shot both charles and marty Mm. and buried them in the boat shed and he did this without without dean or david oh so this is where like you get like this like oh my god wayne
1: yeah, Wayne. So I actually don't end, know what he? would have
0: happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would have happened if Wayne had separated himself from Dean, because I don't think that he wanted to be murdering. But I also kind of think he did. Right. It seems like you he kind of
1: did. Yeah, or at least you know, it's on some level, strange. he did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think he at very least kind of enjoyed it.
1: That's so weird. He was
0: having a good time. Ugh. So then there's James Dramala. and this is August third. James Dramala is 13, Mm. so he's a wee bab. And James was last seen riding his bike around the neighborhood, like a fucking 13-year-old kid does. Yeah. And in the afternoon, he called his parents to let them know that he was at a party across town. Now, I don't think he told them it was a big kid party. I think he was like, hey, I'm hanging out with some buddies. Right. But...
1: Yeah, 13-year-olds don't get to call their parents and say, yo, it's cool, I'm just... Like, the kind of I'm relationship I had with my mom when I was 21, like, and we lived together and I was
0: 20 Yeah, grand, when you're 21, like, not 13. Yeah,
1: like, you don't get to do that. Like, I could call my mom and be like, I'm too drunk to get on the bus and come home. I am staying right. here. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, probably still not a call she loved getting, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think my mom was cool with it. My mom was all about me being like, hey, I'm not drinking and driving.
1: Oh, my mom loved that, but she's also yeah. a worrywart, you know.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so is my mom, but... Meh. <laughs> mom knew I was drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, David... Oh, this this story's really sad. So, David actually tried to comfort James. Ooh. And he even brought him pizza while he was tied up to the torture board.
1: I feel like that's almost worse with, like, the whole so mixed fucked. messages. Like, I don't know. I can't even imagine enduring that kind of thing, but... I feel like it would almost add to the torture to have somebody trying to be kind to me when I know that they're involved and I'm still right? going to be tortured and probably still feel like I, you probably know at that point that you're going to die. So not yeah, only- Yeah, no, some
0: fucked up horror movie Like, shit. that's so,
1: like, I think that is worse to feel like there's one person, like, to have that
0: confusion. She, why don't you save me? Yeah, to have that if confusion. If you feel bad, save me. Yeah. That's just, like, so much more fucked. Yeah. And 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 it's kind of interesting, because basically you can see the, like, psychological progression of all three of these people. Mm -hmm. Like, Dean's spiraling, and Wayne is spiraling in a different way, and David's pulling back after Dean assaulted him. Right. And... And the pizza thing is just really fucked. And then ultimately he leaves and he leaves James with Dean to be murdered and buried in the boat shed. Mm. So, so what now? What now?
1: What does happen now?
0: So the next day, the day after Dean kills uh, James Dramala is... August 4th, Mm -hmm. and Dean called his mom to tell her that he was depressed and feeling suicidal. And his mom sent him some candy and an inspirational book. Huh. Because Don't kill yourself, uh, honey. I think Dean was like Yeah, I think Dean was like looking for attention. Mm -hmm. And his mom was like, not my perfect, baby. So, that's a thing that happened. Yeah, it seems (laughs) like mom was probably a little bit delusional. Mom was definitely delusional so you want to hear how it ends yes okay so this is a little bit lord of the rings i'm gonna end this like seven damn times okay. <laughs> but this is like the ending okay 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 so it's august 7th wayne who is now 17 mm-hmm. brings his friend tim curley to dean's place mm-hmm. And he also brings his now girlfriend, Rhonda Williams. Do you recognize that name? Yes. Because Rhonda Williams was Frank Aguirre's fiance, mm. which is super fucked. Yeah, that's next level disgusting. Gets, it's so gross. Oh, I like this girl. I'll just get her boyfriend murdered. Do you think that's? Ew. Do you think that's tar- that That's that's how it. I don't know. I think. I think maybe he was like, "Oh, I like this girl," because this was back when he still thought it was sex slavery. Yeah. But still, ew, sir, ew, extra ew, ew. <laughs> um, and this is kind of a weird situation because this is the first time Rhonda Williams actually had run away from home that night because her father had gotten drunk and beaten her. Oh. So she is the first actual, actual runaway away in
1: this story. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: So Wayne shows up with a girl and Dean throws a shit fit because you ruined everything. Why is a girl, girl in here house.
1: in my house? You ruined everything. Girl.
0: Oh, no. Do you think that Dean had, and like, a
1: issue with women? Or, like, didn't, like, didn't?
0: I mean, no, because he had, like, his mom and his and his girlfriend who was really just a beard. Mm-hmm. But I think basically he was like, no, I want to murder and I don't want to have sex with this girl. So what the fuck? What am I supposed to do with this? Right.
1: Mad that he didn't. Okay. You know? Okay. I, at first my impression was that it was like, you know, the whole like, you girls are dirty kind of, you know, <laughs> like I specifically dislike her or mistrust her because she's a female uh you know. I don't
0: think it was that specifically. I think he just didn't want to. I think he was not attracted to girls. And, wanted a vic-
1: and only wanted additional people if they were murder victims.
0: I think on she that wasn't... particular night, he wanted to murder. Because she
1: wasn't being brought over as a victim, right? Like,
0: No. Okay. I think. I mean, I don't know what Wayne was thinking. I think Wayne was like, oh, I need to take care of my girlfriend.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It was a bad decision on everyone's mm-hmm. part. And by everyone, I mean Wayne. Yes. And Dean. Yes. Stop murdering boys. Stop murdering (laughs) boys, please. So, you know, Dean throws a fit and Wayne explains why Rhonda can't go home because of the whole father thing. Mm -hmm. And Dean calms down. And he gives them beer and weed and paint to huff because that was one of the gross Because
1: that's a drug that's necessary. Guys, don't huff
0: paint. If you have beer and weed, why do you need to huff paint? Right? But that was just a part of his parties. There was always paint
1: huffing. Ugh, so
0: huh. gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, with the weed and the beer and especially the paint to huff, everybody passes out. Mm-hmm. And Wayne wakes up first because he's got a better tolerance. And he realizes that there's a gag in his mouth. Mm. And Dean is handcuffing him. That's so scary. And Tim and Rhonda have already been tied up and are still passed out. I don't like that at all. You should not. That's like, like
1: extra. That at all. I mean, I say that a lot. I feel <laughs> like I want to give somebody a free sticker if they can calculate the number of times that we <laughs> say "I don't like that at all." That'll
0: be that'll be our first giveaway. Yeah,
1: like that's cool.
0: You just have to calculate. It's like the uh, the jelly beans in the jar, only it's actually really easy to count.
1: Right, exactly. You just have to listen. It's just incentive to listen. Like, oh, in our first in our first ten episodes, how many times did we say, I don't like that? <laughs> but then we'll have to figure that We're out. Or just
0: in the Dean Coral episodes, how many times does Sunshine say, Oh, I don't like that at all? Oh, at all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's gonna so, be a lot.
0: A lot. I don't like that at all. A lot. A lot. So Dean Oh God, this is horrible. So Dean tells Wayne that he has to kill him for bringing a girl into his house. How dare you? How dare you? And Wayne starts bartering for his life. And he offers to help Dean kill his friends. And Dean is interested in the offer. Mm.
1: Like you do when your survival instincts kick in. Fuck my girlfriend.
0: (laughs) Fuck my girlfriend. So... Dean releases Wayne and they both work together to tie Tim and Rhonda to the torture board. Mm. And then Dean tells Wayne to rape Rhonda while Dean rapes Tim.
1: That's so gross. Fucked. Yeah.
0: So at this point, Tim and Rhonda start waking up. And Tim immediately starts freaking out and is screaming, but Rhonda is actually fairly quiet because she's still in shock.
1: Right. That extra calm, like deer in headlights. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, where you're just sort of like nah <laughs> this is not happening i don't believe this is happening it's not happening this is not the kind of thing that is real and so Rhonda asks is this for real and when wayne says yes Rhonda says are you gonna do anything about it and that's when wayne takes dean's pistol and he aims it at dean and then and he says i can't go on any longer i can't have you kill all my friends and Dean dares him to shoot, and he does. Yes. Several times, in the chest and back. Dean stumbles out of the room and dies naked on the floor of his hallway. Good. So that's so that's how Dean's no longer murdering?
1: Yes. It's, that's,
0: his murder that time feels that feels
1: like a good thing, kind of.
0: It's actually kind of not, but I mean I guess it's I don't know. It's complicated. And like whether
1: out of Drink. shock or not, the fact that Rhonda was able to like be calm and just look at him and be like, "So you gonna fix oh this?" God.
0: Like, that's right? Pretty, I wish
1: that's pretty hardcore.
0: I want that to be like a thing that I that I keep in my soul. Yeah. So so Wayne actually doesn't want to call the police, but Tim convinces him. Good. Good job, Tim. Good job, Tim. Good job, everybody. But Dean, Wayne, and David. Yep. <laughs> And the police. So good job, Rhonda and Tim. Good job, almost nobody. (laughs) (laughs) So on August 8th, at 8.24am, Wayne calls 911 and says to the operator, y'all better come over here right now, I just killed a man. Mm
2: -hmm. So the
0: police come over and they find a naked, dead Dean Corll and they also find the plywood torture board. With the holes cut out for their strengths, they find plastic sheeting covering the bedroom floor, and they find Dean's toolbox full of sexual torture devices, which includes things like a double-ended dildo and those awful glass rods that I talked about last uh, episode. terrible,
1: terrible glass rods.
0: Oh my god, the worst. Alright, so let's get into one of the other endings. Okay. So let's talk about the body recovery. Which is some clusterfuck. Uh, Gross. It's bad. It's real gross. And I actually posted some pictures Mm -hmm. for you to take a look at, which is big nasty. I didn't show any of the body recovery, so I'm going to post these to Instagram. But it kind of gives you an idea of what was going on.
1: I mean, this one picture. I'm pretty sure that's a head in the wheelbarrow, isn't it?
0: I hope not. But it that looks like
1: it to me. Like,
0: oh, I hope not. I mean, in any normal situation, that's not a head in a wheelbarrow because that's not how you handle a human skull. But this is the Houston PD. (laughs) We'll get into it. uh, Right now. So Wayne starts talking to the police and the police ask about what happened. And Wayne could have just played dumb and ended up the hero because that's how he was being portrayed initially. Like the first couple of... Articles that came out in the local newspapers mm-hmm. were about, like, this boy who slayed the dragon who was Dean Coral. Right. Because this fucking terrifying murderer is attempting to kill three teenagers mm-hmm. and Wayne saves the day. Right. But Wayne starts talking more and more about Dean and implicates himself more and more right. in this cold mass murder. the more he knows,
1: the more he was involved in.
0: And, and he implicates himself in this mass murder that the police had no idea about. Joy. So Wayne ultimately confesses and leads police to the boat shed. So police begin din- digging and within minutes find the first body. Cause... And the dig also is just fucked. So instead of getting forensic scientists or even just actual police, mm. they get prisoners mostly from the drunk tank, to help dig.
1: This, (laughs) recently, prison labor has been coming up.
0: Oh yeah, for real.
1: And how it's essentially like, you know... modern slavery? uh, Yeah, it's like slave labor, because in the 13th Amendment, in the 13th Amendment, there's a caveat against slavery that says except for when punishment is a crime. Yep. So it's legally allowed. And so that's something to note, too, is that these people weren't just like not trained professionals they also were probably not really like they were probably as willing if if not less so to do this than prisoners who like almost die doing prison rodeo because they're trying to make money like i'm sure they were not stoked to be doing this
0: These guys were specifically, like, doing it to get time off their sentences. Right, that's that's how it works, though. This is a gross-ass project, and I highly doubt that they were into it once they got there. Right, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, also, to add to this, instead of using normal archaeologist tools, like a normal body discovery, like, you know, soft shovels and brushes and any concept of delicacy. I see a
1: picture of of a backhoe.
0: Yeah, they used metal shovels, and they used a fucking backhoe. Yeah, no. For for modern- like, what? For corpses! No! No! So, other awful stuff. There was this black slurry
1: corpse Mm, juice. I don't like the word slurry.
0: Yeah, it's not really a better word, though. So, particularly in the boat shed- by the time they'd found seventeen bodies, they were past their knees in corpse juice.
1: And, yeah,
0: isn't that disgusting? <laughs> That's so bad. And the smell was so bad, like think carrion yeah, that the diggers would chain smoke to get the putrid smell out of their noses. And I think I remember you telling me about, like, something with the morgue oh, and your yeah. grandpa being a cop. Yeah,
1: how when they, um, yeah, when he used to go and they'd have to go to see the, like, into the morgue. Back in the day, they weren't really set up like you see on TV at all. They were, like, poorly right. lit and even sometimes had carpet. Like, like Ew, office no, not never! Not, like, shag carpeting, but, like, they were, like, in, like, county buildings and shit. Like, they're not... Oh. You know, time like like you keep saying, times were super different. So they weren't even necessarily, you know, they were they were impromptu spaces. They weren't even necessarily like good facilities and labs and shit. And anyway, they would.
0: I guess we'll keep a corpse here. Yeah,
1: and they didn't really have good ventilation or cooling or all that kind of stuff. And so when they would have to go, when they would have to be present for like, uh, you know, when they'd have to go see the corpse for whatever reason everyone would just hang out and like chain smoke cigars because that was like how you coped and he told me he's like
0: got that fucking death smell out of mm -hmm. your nose but you know
1: he said he's like he told me he's like the mortician did even care like that guy he said on more than one occasion he went there and the guy would like like it's like something out of like a fucked up tv show the guy was actually like willing and able to like eat in the same room like, he was talking to them, like, eating, like, a microwave burrito or something like that, like, <laughs> around the corpse. I'm just like, oh, my God. I guess you
0: get used to it at some point. I mean, I guess but you'd have ugh. to, like, damn. But, so, yeah, they they would, uh, they would chain smoke, but their hands were too disgusting to hold their cigarettes, so somebody else would have to hold it up for them.
1: Hmm. My hands are just covered the whole in thing dead. In corpse oh. slurry. Yeah.
0: Yep. That's so yep. bad. It's the grossest. And I've seen some pictures of like the bo- them pulling the bodies out, and it's just it's covered, and it's you know it's it's the human body wrapped in the in the plastic wrap from corals you know from seas yeah. and then it's just covered in this weird black juice it looks like juicy tar, oh, that's so bad, yeah, it's not great, it's not even remotely great, it's the worst, and uh. And another weird thing, reporters were actually allowed to come up and talk to Wayne.
1: Because let's... Which is how you get this
0: famous phone call. Phone call? So if you watch pretty much any documentary about Mm -hmm. this, there's this phone call that they usually play where Wayne called up his mom. Mm -hmm. And the reporters were recording it. So, you know, he says, hey, mama, it's Wayne. And she says, yes, baby. And he says, mama i killed dean Mm. and it's very sad that is really sad yeah so that's that's how you know if anybody's ever looked into this and they hear that that's the reason that that was recorded is because reporters were just going up and talking to him and that's the reason there's so many like pictures of him with his like head on a car Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is because he was just sort of dealing with his shit while there was all of these reporters around oh man um, I also have a picture of the lakeside cabin, which is actually, like, such a really nice looking place if it weren't for the fact that it was, like,
1: Done some terrible things, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, the boat shed looks like a boat shed where you'd bury teenagers. Yeah. This, this is, like, I would go on my honeymoon there. Yeah, it's cute. It's very cute. But, oh, uh. So, the next day, Wayne leads police to the cabin at Sam Rayburn. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Brooks is also brought in by his father. Good. So basically what happened here is that Alton uh, Brooks knew that David was close with Dean. And so when he hears that all of this weird shit's going on, he brings his son in and says, like, hey, my son would like to give a statement to the police. Yeah, he hasn't, He was actually being a good person. Mm -hmm. And this is when David confesses. And then David and Wayne bring the police to High Island Beach together. So there's a bunch of pictures of David and Dean Mm -hmm. next to each other on the beach. And that's why that is. So some of the recent victims were pretty quickly identified. Uh, Marty Jones, the roommate of Charles Mm Cobble. He was one of the boys that was killed by Wayne alone about a week and a half prior. Mm He was the cousin of homicide detective Carl Seinbeniker.
1: That's what happens when you live in a small town. Yep.
0: Yeah. So Seinbeniker was present when Marty's body was found, and he actually ended up committing suicide in
2: 1977.
0: Mm. And uh, I wish I could remember which person said this. I think it was one of the. I think it was one of the Glass brothers. Mm-hmm. But he basically has this quote about how Dean Corll didn't kill twenty seven boys; he killed twenty seven families. Oh well, yeah, he did. And and I think that this is that's I mean that's true. It's true, you know. When there's a when there's a victim of a homicide, especially a serial killer, and especially ones that like fucks that. up the whole family. Yeah. yeah, that's not easy for a family to deal with. Well, and yeah, it's like anytime
1: somebody dies, like you know, before their time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be traumatic, but then doubly so if you know they were tortured and murdered by a serial killer. Like, that's going to fuck with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine knowing that, like, my son or my brother or my cousin. Or even just anyone you've known, really. Yeah, oh my God. Just a friend from high school, you know, was a murder victim in that way.
2: Yeah. That's horrid.
0: That's so horrid. So, you know, reporters are obviously very, very involved in this. So reporters begin fanning out into the community to interview families. And this is how a bunch of families find out.
1: That their children were victims. Mm -hmm. That's so fucked up. So
0: Josephine Aguirre, who's Frank's Mm -hmm. mother, Frank Aguirre. Yeah. uh, She had been burning a candle for the last year and a half, hoping her son would come home.
2: Mm.
0: So, you know, Kathleen. Yeah. And she'd actually already lost a son in 1969 when she accidentally hit him with her car in front of his elementary school. Oh, God. Which is the worst. That's
1: so bad. I think that's That's uh, a close runner up for having your son murdered.
0: Yeah. I mean, basically, Josephine Aguirre and, like, the Balch family. Fuck that. Yeah. So when reporters come to her door, she actually couldn't say anything. She just broke down crying.
1: Well, yeah, that probably destroyed her. Of
0: course. Yeah, of course. You know, do you have anything to say about your so- No.
1: No, I definitely <laughs> don't. Fuck off. Yeah.
0: yeah. So <sighs> then Luis Garcia, Homer Garcia's mm-hmm. father, was returning from South Texas after burying his mother So she'd suffered from a stroke after hearing about her grandson's disappearance.
1: Mm.
0: And then shortly after returning home from her funeral, he and his wife Doris got the news about their son.
1: Right. Not only had he disappeared, which caused his mom to die, but he was dead.
0: Yeah. Which is horrible. Then uh, a little bit later, Betty Cobble, the mother of Charles Cobble. Mm hmm tried to deal with her grief by returning to her job, delivering flowers only to find herself delivering flowers to the funerals of other families whose sons had fallen victim to Coral. There's
1: no escaping it. It's just everywhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you have this many victims in this small of a town. So the Yates family tried to move out of Houston to find some peace, Mm -hmm. but divorced within a year of Danny's funeral. Like you do. And then I'm a Glass, who was the mother of Jimmy Glass, uh, she totally spiraled. So she'd see a boy on the side of the road and she'd shout, that's Jimmy. And she'd make the family turn the car around.
2: Mm.
0: And at one point she took a pistol and dragged her daughter into the back bedroom. And when a SWAT team arrived, she fired a shot into the floor and shouted that they're not going to take her Pam like they took away her Jimmy. Damn. So after they got her pistol away from her, she was taken to the Harris County Psychiatric unit Because
1: she's full-blown delusional.
0: Because she's, she spiraled. She lost it. Yeah. So some of the remains were fully skeletal and were only identified because they were buried next to their things. Mm. So social security cards, driver's licenses. Yeah. Jimmy Glass, for example, was only identified because his skeleton was found next to his leather jacket.
1: At least I had that stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah. So then excavation inexplicably stops.
1: No more digging up the bodies for some reason?
0: So, quick aside. Okay. At this time, the U.S. record for the highest mass murder body mm-hmm. count, because serial killer wasn't a word just yet, they used mass murder, was set by Juan Corona. Mm-hmm. So Juan Corona killed at least twenty-five migrant farm workers in California mm-hmm. before he was caught in 1971. Okay, and he actually died this year in uh, March 4th, 2019. So that's just kind of an interesting little something, something unrelated. But so his record is 25, mm-hmm. and it's California. Okay. So it's been a week. They pull up the 26th body. Beating the record, which is buried right next to the twenty seventh body, and the excavation is immediately called off.
1: It's like nope, not even gonna grab that body that's next to this one.
0: Well, they grabbed the twenty seventh because it was right Right, there. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But like, but like Henley and Brooks told the police that they were certain that there were more bodies, which doesn't even touch on the possibility that there were bodies that the boys didn't even know about. Oh man. For example. They knew of at least two more boys buried on High Island Beach. And we're gonna get back to that. So they're just ignoring it. So they're just ignoring it. And most of the police were like, what the fuck? They wanted to keep searching. Like, yes, these were underpaid and overworked police that were apathetic about their jobs, but like when it came down to it and they discovered that there was a fucking serial killer, they were like, let's find these boys. But of course, Herman Short, shitty police chief TM. Is like, no, I don't want to be embarrassed. Like, you know, having the record beaten by one or two is not nearly as embarrassing as 10 or 15. So as soon as they beat the record, he calls it quits. Like a fucking dick.
1: Because he doesn't want to, like, beat the record?
0: Well, he's already beaten the record. He doesn't want to be more embarrassed than he already is. His pride, again, interferes with him being even remotely a decent police officer. And then, to make matters worse, he holds this press conference where he said that the boys were just runaways who weren't properly cared for by their parents. Mm,
1: Because you should totally blame the parents when their kids get kidnapped and murdered.
0: Just an absolute son of a bitch. (laughs) I... Ugh. 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 Absolute son of (laughs) a bitch. So, real quick, trials and stuff.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So... Billy Reitinger, he's the only boy that was known to have escaped Coral. Mm -hmm. He attended the trial, but with a paper bag with eye holes cut out covering his face. Mm And in 1974, Wayne Henley was sentenced to life in prison for his role in the murders, and the next year, David Brooks is also sentenced to life.
1: Well, fair.
0: Yeah, no, 100% fair. And they've even applied for parole a couple of times since then, but like, nah.
1: (laughs) I really hope they don't have (laughs) one of those, like, creepy... Again, that you see on TV, like, the serial killer following of, like, the fangirls and stuff. Like, I...
0: I think not too bad, actually. Yeah. I think for the most part, it's been kind of forgotten about. And so they don't have the big fangirl base. And also, they're a little bit older right? Because it's been, like, 40 years. Yeah. So they're not, like, young and hot.
1: Right. In a totally grotesque kind of way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but... Um... So Brooks hasn't actually made a public statement since his arrest, hmm. but Henley's actually still pretty willing to talk to reporters to this day. Really, He is a bit of a camera whore. Bit of a
1: camera whore.
0: I think he just, like, wants to talk to anybody.
1: Just because he's you in know. life in prison?
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah, well. But I think Brooks is just actually ashamed. And again, you can kind of see that, like, weird psychology or psychological divergence between the two. Right. You know, I think Brooks is actually ashamed. Now, Brooks is the one whose daughter passed away. And I do recall hearing about he talked to this woman who I'm going to talk about soon, Mm -hmm. uh, Sharon Derrick. Uh But she wasn't a reporter. She was actually investigating the crimes. Oh, really? Yeah, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So are you ready for the clusterfuck dance? Uh,
1: I suppose so. Let's
0: do the clusterfuck dance. Alright. So, within a year, 21 bodies have been identified, leaving six unidentified. And also, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all identified correctly. Because
1: they're identifying them based on things like what their body is next to?
0: Stuff like that, yeah. There's a couple of mistakes that make Mm -hmm. sense, but we'll get into it. So, a little bit easier, Clusterfucks. So, remember some of the kids that I... Talked about really briefly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's partially because they weren't immediately identified. Okay. And so, you know, news stories weren't writing about them immediately. So we just have less information. So
1: there's not a lot of like data about. Okay. Yeah.
0: So Richard Kepner wasn't identified until 1983. Oh, wow. Was the 19 year old mm-hmm. who was making his way to a payphone co- to call his fiance. Right. And that's like all that I have on yeah. him so he was identified in 1983 after his mother, Joanne Kepner connected her son to the killings. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened was Joanne didn't like, she, she knew about Dean Coral, but she didn't connect her son because she thought that his victims were younger. Yeah. And then later she realized that his victims went up to 20 and then he contacted the police. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, she, mm-hmm. sorry, Joanne Kepner. And uh his skeletal remains were identified by dental records. Okay. Then Joseph Lyles, which is the weirdest. So so like I said, there's two boys that are left on mm-hmm. High Island Beach. Joseph Lyles was found by accident in nineteen eighty three. Mm. But he wasn't correctly identified until two thousand nine. That's
1: so long.
0: Yeah. I can't even imagine
1: murdered in the 70s I'm and then like that identified as much in 2009 that's him. so nuts
0: right well and he's he's like early for this story yeah. not quite but a little and then um Rusty Branch who was the one whose father mm-hmm. died while looking for him who's the police yeah. officer he wasn't identified until 1985 when his sister identified the body from an old bone fracture mm so that was, you know, another 12, 13 years yeah. later. Now, this is when we get into actual clusterfuck Okay.
1: Time. Actual. Great. Great. And I'm
0: and I'm going to try to be as clear as possible. But again, this is really clusterfucky okay. because there's misidentifications and reidentifications, and it's awful. So in 2006, Sharon Derrick, mm-hmm. who's the lady I was talking about, yeah. she's she's great. She is absolutely the superhero of this story she was hired as a forensic anthropologist and she requested to be assigned to the coral case. Wow. And she she was able to match up information on several other missing persons. Mm -hmm. And in 2010 used modern DNA testing Mm -hmm. to discover the identities of some unidentified bodies. Cool. As well as that of a few bodies that had been misidentified.
1: Which complicates things.
0: Yes. Yes, very much. So we have three main unidentified bodies ML
2: 73
0: 3349, Mm -hmm. ML 73 3356, ML 73 3378. Okay. Randall Harvey was ML 73 3349, Mm -hmm. and his body was identified in 2008. Okay. And Randall Harvey was the one who was picked up biking to his job.
1: Oh okay, yeah.
0: <sighs> Clusterfuck. Michael Balch, the younger brother of Billy right. Bulch, actually turned out to be ML seventy three thirty three
1: seventy eight. So not Billy Bulch at all. Or Michael Bulch, I'm sorry.
0: Roy Bunton was the second body pulled from the boat shed, but was accidentally misidentified as Michael Balch. Okay. Basically, they both were, like, really long-legged and a couple of other things. Like, they had perfect teeth.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: And so they, he was just identified by...
1: Some pretty general, basic, vague terms.
0: Yeah. Basic, like, skeletal structure mm-hmm. things. And when Derek found out that Michael was actually one of the unidentified bodies, she ran DNA from the Bunton family mm-hmm. and was able to identify Roy Bunton. Oh, great. Now... The reason she was able to figure out that the second body wasn't Michael Balch was partially because, uh, like I I, I told you where everybody was buried, Mm -hmm. that was all from David and Wayne's memory testimonies. And they were sure that Michael Balch was not buried in the boat shed.
1: So based on that, she looked into it more.
0: A reporter... Independently investigating the case Contacted Sharon Derrick Oh And I think her name was Barbara Gibson mm-hmm. And she was like You know because of this and this and this I don't think that's Michael Balch
1: Cool and she was right And she was right
0: So bless her So that's not the most clusterfucky But it's a little weird because Misidentified bodies make things weird Mm-hmm. Then <sighs> Then we get to, like, the real big, awful clusterfuck. Mm -hmm. In 1994, Mark Scott was incorrectly identified based on early DNA and a police skeletal remains sketch Mm -hmm. artist. You know, this is the O.J. Simpson trial level DNA evidence. So it's baby DNA. Mark Scott was the one that fought back. Mm -hmm. So the wrong remains were actually given to his family and they were cremated. Oh, no. Which is super sad. And in 2011, the remains were correctly identified as the remains of Stephen Sickman.
1: I didn't realize you could get DNA from cremated remains.
0: They actually had like a little bit of bone fragment left. Oh, okay. That that... they hadn't given. They had kept it as evidence. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So that they could, which is a very good idea. It's kind of a little bit fucked up, but I'm glad they did it. Yeah. (laughs) And Stephen Sickman was the one who had been fighting with his sister. Mm Mm-hmm. This is super, super sad. By this point, Hurricane Ike had flooded a highland beach, Mm. and it's still underwater to this day. So Mark Scott's remains have never been found, and they likely never will be, because either he's still buried there, or his body's going to be washed away by
1: Into the the ocean, or already has been.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then ML 733356 is still unidentified. And he was buried next to his things, which was like a T-shirt with a peace sign and these weird swimming trunks and a uh, pair of cowboy boots. And so he's the he's the unidentified boy from the victim list.
1: You know, actually, I was um, just barely uh, when we were first talking about uh, the heights a little while ago. Mm -hmm. I started Googling the heights and just randomly an article about this unknown victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, came up and I'm sure, you know, it's, it's, it's from August 8th of last year and it was mm-hmm. specul it was talking about who this victim could have possibly been.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, I mean, it looks like people are still trying to figure it out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's, like, one of the reasons that, like, Sharon Derrick really is, like, the big superhero in this. Mm-hmm. It's not the, just that she, like, asked to be assigned to the case and then worked on it. Like, she gives so many fucks about these boys. Yeah, The way she talks about these boys, it is, like, almost maternal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She wants to bring these kids back to their families. Ugh. And, and like, the the story of her finding out that Mark Scott wasn't really Mark Scott mm-hmm. was, like, the saddest story because yeah she brought a boy back to his family but she took a boy away from his family at the same time
1: right that's a shitty trade to have to make
0: yeah and like and uh, i just can't even imagine because like i get invested in these stories researching them for the couple of weeks that i do before we start right podcasting. let alone having that be
1: your job yeah
0: having this be the thing that i work on for over a decade yeah no so it's just it's just really fucking tragic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, she's 100% still looking for who this boy is. That's awesome. So she's really, really great. So one last really, really horrifying horrible. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we got it really is really, really horrifying horrible. I need to end on a bad note. Yeah, yeah, basically. In 2008, a reporter, Josh Vargas contacted wayne henley's mother mm-hmm. and she'd actually kept a collection of his things that police had never gone through Ugh. and in these things the reporter found a polaroid of a young boy tied to something out of frame probably dean's torture board and also he was next to dean's infamous toolbox
2: oh.
0: and the boy appears to not be any of the known victims so some speculate that he may be an un- unidentified 30th victim.
1: Well, he has to be, right? I mean, there's probably yeah. unidentified 40th and 50th victims.
0: Right. So So this is one of those like infamous polaroids or infamous. I mean, basically, if you go to any like BuzzFeed blah 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 listicle mm-hmm. where it's like worst fucking photos ever, 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 and they're super disturbing and they're horrible, this will be on that list.
1: Because that's something I need to look up.
0: (laughs) I am fucked up, so I love reading those. (sighs) Love? Mm, mm. (laughs) You know what I mean. Yeah. (sighs) So, you know, if you know anything about our unidentified boys, if that's even possible, if you know anything, you can contact Houston Forensic Investigative Services at 713-796-9292. And you will get decent police. You'll <laughs> we'll get
1: decent police.
0: <laughs> Who will gladly take your information. That'd be cool if somebody ended up having information. That would be cool. And and give these boys back to their families, you know? Mm. So yeah, that's the Candyman. Basically, he was a really, really famous dude for about two seconds after beating the U.S. record for mass murders. But... Did I talk about it the the first episode or second? I don't remember. Where basically I talked about how sometimes I feel like even like your most notorious serial killers basically go completely forgotten because they're so horrible.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember which episode it was, but you talked about, yeah, how like sometimes when it's just like too... Too traumatic to even face. People like, nope, Mm -hmm. nope, can't make that a big news. Nope. Mm -mm. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I think that's kind of the case in this, as well as just a few years later in I think 1978, Mm -hmm. John Wayne Gacy throws 27 out the door with 33 converted victims under his fucking crawlspace.
1: So everyone's just immediately on to like the next most terrifying. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if they had kept digging, if they had kept searching, they probably would have had way more than John Wayne Gacy. But they stopped.
1: Because of and incompetence so... and wanting to disguise the extent of their incompetence?
0: Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's the end of the candy man.
1: Dun dun
0: <laughs> So So yeah. I hope you enjoyed this awful.
1: I awfulled this awful. However
0: much you can. You awful this awful? Yes.
1: If that fair. I mean that's you know. That's fair. If acknowledge the right word.
0: that. <laughs> yeah, enjoy is not the right word. Um I'm gonna post it to social media, but like join us at the podcast junkie Discord Yay! server. I have discovered so many cool podcasts there. I listen to podcasts all the time. And there's a bunch of podcasts. Like, if you like true crimes, and spooky shit like our show there's three spooked girls if you like completely totally different stuff there's uh tone deaf there's just the zoo of us if you like audio dramas there's some really really fun audio dramas that i've been listening to like ninth world journal and oz 9
1: i'm really excited to check out oz 9 now that you told me about it oh my god
0: it is so funny holy shit (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah and you can come and you can talk to a bunch of really cool podcasters and it's for podcasters and fans there's people there that are just podcasters well no there's nobody there that's just podcasters there are fans and there are just fans and then there's podcasters who are also fans right you can't be
1: just a podcaster
0: yeah i've never heard of a podcaster that doesn't listen to podcasts
1: how (laughs) (laughs) weird would that
0: that's weird And it's just a really great time, and it's super supportive, and everybody's awesome, and it is, like, the least toxic place of the internet ever. Wow. It's really cool. I have not seen anybody say anything shitty. That's so cool. I love that. It's really cool. That's almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable. And then, obviously, you can follow us at anywhere... That's Palm Pitch Pod. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Patreon. If you want to donate, Yay! we will get more swag. We've got stickers. The swaggiest of swag. The swaggiest of swag. And yeah, come and hit us up and listen to our podcast and love us and share us and all that jazz. Yay! Is that good shit? That's good shit. Okay. Well, that's it. Okay, <laughs> love you, bye. Love you, bye. Bye.